This is Hammond. And Jessica. And you're listening to the Friendly Atheist Podcast. If you like what you're listening to, please go to patreon.com slash friendly atheist podcast. Let me give thanks to some of our newer Patreon donors, Cynthia W, Raja K, Brian E, Emery F, Jennifer S, Madeline H, and Chris P. Thank you so much. Thanks, everybody. It's been a week since we found out who won the election. How are you holding up? I'm so tired. And at, like, one, so Saturday we got the the word that Bi- it was called for Biden at about what 10:30 Central Time. Um, and we were in the middle of making. Well, my, my husband was in the middle of making breakfast, and we immediately popped a bottle of champagne and then drank for 12 hours. That's good. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, I slept almost all of Sunday. What did you do for your victory? What did I do? You didn't do anything, did that, you? I did. I don't think the kids were home. So I think it was just like being home and watching from afar. Yeah. Because that's kind of all you can do at this point. Um, but I mean, minus the totally expected obstacling of republicans like all right so shift to georgia for two more seats but yeah again the bleedings will stop which Mm -hmm. is it it's not the progressive everything you could hope for and it probably wouldn't have been anyway but it's like look for people who haven't followed politics for a long time like i think someone put it in a tweet uh that just kind of summed up the whole thing for me it's like I don't know where Biden is right now. I don't know what he's watching on TV and I don't care. And this is glorious. Oh, it's so good. I'm so excited to be bored by politics again. Yeah. Yeah. For whoever wants to be bored, you can be bored in (laughs) the near future. You've got a little more work to do, but there you go. Uh, There was one story that stood out. Before before we jump in, I feel like I've done a lot of eulogies on this. Do you want to say anything about your close friend, Alec Trebek? Oh yeah. Like I, so that happened what Sunday or Monday or something? I have no idea. It happened earlier that. in the week. Um, so I'm part of, I mean, I have because of my experience on the show, there are some Facebook, actual Facebook friends and a like one private Facebook group that exists only for Jeopardy contestants. Mm-hmm. I, I know, but so obviously a lot of people are sharing stories, which are kind of some of them are heartbreaking, some of them are really nice. Um, I'll just add this to my experience. The whole goal of trying to be on the show is I hope I can win and I was able to do that but then after that the only thing you kind of want to do is like you want Alex Trebek to kind of like you but (laughs) you only get like a minute of time with him which is like the interview you see on the show itself that's the only time you get to talk to him minus like the closing credits when he'll come up to your podium and like make small talk with someone you know what I mean so it's like, okay, can I say anything that might be interesting? And part of the audition process is give us some anecdotes that you might want to share. So I was thinking there's a few things I might be able to share in quick time that maybe are funny and maybe are amusing that I'm sure he'll be interested in. One being like, I sold my soul on eBay, which is what he ended up using on one show. And then whatever the other two were, they kind of tell you backstage yeah, these three are fine. We're going to highlight maybe one of these. They didn't tell me which one. And we'll give Alex the card so that when he gets to that part of the show, he'll look at what we highlighted for him and say, you should ask him about what he sold on eBay. Uh And that's kind of all he has. Well, this was the second show for me. 
And I don't know what was left on the card. I couldn't tell you what I put down on there. But I thought, whatever it was, it'll be interesting. We'll talk about it. So I was I was bracing myself for the rhythm and the cadence of the story. It's like, <laughs> how do I tell this in 20 seconds? And they also tell you backstage, like, we'll highlight this for him. But he may go rogue because he's Alex. Ha ha ha. And they're laughing. And we're like, oh, that. Yeah, let's ad lib on national TV. That sounds no great. No problem there. No. And so it's like, just just stick with my damn story. I know how to tell this story. <laughs> wasn't the second story just there was somebody else from Naperville? Who yeah, was on which Disney? is not what I wanted to talk about. It wasn't no, a really? thing. So, of course, he just sees, oh, this guy's from Naperville. Oh, the best player. One of the best players ever grew up in Naperville. Let me ask you about him. And so it ended up being a thing where it's like, oh, shit, we're talking about something else. All right, I guess I'll roll with it. Then we made a joke and like he he laughed about it for like a second where I'm like, you could you could give me all his money. And he looks in his pocket like, oh, oh my checkbook. I forgot it backstage. <laughs> and it's like, oh, look, I we, we ad-libbed for half yeah. a And here's the thing. that He forgot about that like 10 seconds later, I'm sure. But like the stories that I've heard from other contestants is he played back with everybody who gave him something to work with. Mm-hmm. So if you said, if you had something, some stupid story on your card, sure, he would give you a chance to tell it, but he would totally poke fun at you if he got that chance. Uh-huh. And he would make your stories better. And he said this in many interviews. It's like, this show is not about me. It's about the game. It's about the contestants. Mm-hmm. And I feel like all the memories and eulogies people are sharing online were very much... Yeah, like for the 20 minutes of the show, I've, and especially the part where we got to talk to him, mm-hmm. like it, the focus was on me and it wasn't about him. And that was an amazing thing for any host to be able to do. So that yeah, was that's great. Nice. And it's, it's, here's the other thing I found really sad, especially today more than ever, even with pop culture and stuff, everyone, there's very few things all people know mm-hmm. and talk about and like. Um, maybe some major movies, but like, that's kind of it. Mm-hmm. And of all the things I do, if anyone who has met me in the past year, no one cares about the atheism stuff. No one cares what the hell I do for a living. And like, no one knows what I do. Yeah. So it's hard to talk about like, what do you do for a living? But everyone friggin' knows Jeopardy. Sure. And that is one of the few cultural touchstones. Like I saw a bunch of conservatives saying also, oh, no, we lost him. Mm-hmm. Like, how many times, how many people are there out there whose death brings, there's not that many, yeah. you know? So yeah. that's all us. Um, going back to, to politics for a second, this, this story came out of nowhere for me. And most of the stuff I kind of predicted that's going on this week with the obstacles and stuff, this one came out of nowhere. And it involves a guy we talked about several months ago. His, his name is Jeff Pastor, no pun intended, just a, <laughs> His name is Jeff Pastor. He is a city council member. There is a giant earthquake going on, I think, in backstage. No, on your side. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's Mikey stomping around. Sorry. Oh, it's all good. Um, Jeff Pastor is his name. He's on the Cincinnati, Ohio City Council. And the reason we've talked about him several months ago is because not only did he come out as an atheist with an essay on medium.com, mm-hmm. it's that he's not just an atheist, he is gay. He's Republican, Mm -hmm. he's black, he's polyamorous, and then he's like, oh, by the way, I'm also an atheist. And it's like, 
who are you, strange unicorn man? Very interesting. And he's a Republican? And he's a Republican. Interesting. But when you read the article about how he came out as an atheist, I was like, I don't think I understand you. Like, if you told me you were a Republican atheist, I'd be like, there's not many of you. But I could maybe they understand exist. if, yeah, they exist. I can kind of understand if they only care about, like, economic stuff and no and one else. themselves, yeah. themselves. I understand it. This guy, he actually said when it came to faith, he said he described himself as an, I'm quoting here, an atheist Jew who finds truth in agnosticism, humanism, theism, African slash Chinese slash Native American spirituality, which... Well, he just covered about three quarters of the globe there, didn't he? It's like, I understand, like, you try to find truth wherever you can. I understand that sentiment, but, like... I don't get how you can be an atheist who finds truth in theism and like what aspects of spiritual, like it's confusing. I don't know if you're just trying to be all things to all people while yeah. also trying to be super unique. Um, It's, I don't know. I feel like a stereotypical, he's like a stereotypical, uh, I don't know, 20 year old girl. Who's like, I'm different from other girls. I'm not like other girls. I like rom-coms or something like <laughs> Dude, you think you're I'm not like other girls. I like sports. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just you and no one else. Good job. <laughs> so I, I couldn't figure this guy out. Yeah. And but more, I talked to him. I talked to him on the phone for like 40 minutes for an interview, for an article. And like the more he talked, the less I really understood where he was coming from. Oh, okay. Um, it's just, I think you just want to be everything and you don't want to be pigeonholed and you hate being stereotyped and pigeonholed, which I do understand. But also his way of pushing back on that is to do everything that goes against being a black Democrat. Yeah. Who is religious. So he's like, I'm going to do the opposite of whatever I can control. Um, yeah, I think the, the spirituality thing isn't as unusual as you're. I, I think some people still really like this spiritual thing, even if they don't necessarily. Because I think spiritual is very like a loose term that can mean kind of anything. And it could just mean like, oh, if you're good to people, they'll be good back to you. That's my spirituality. I think spirituality is like the largest umbrella there is of like sort of religion. What's the line from Hamilton? Like if you stand for nothing, what will you die for? Something like that. Nothing, Burr. What will you fall for? There you go. And I'm like, this guy, and that's what I was thinking. Like this guy doesn't stand for anything. He wants, he wants to just be everything. Anyway, this is my punch in my head. Do you think he is just trying to be like capital D different to stand out? Or do you think he's like trying to find himself? I asked him if he was thinking about running for higher office at some point because he's city council member. Like, are you going to run for mayor? Maybe Congress? I don't know. Mm -hmm. State Senate? State House? Mm -hmm. He said, yes. He didn't count it out. It was possible. And one of the ways that it's if you if people don't know who you are, like the last thing you want to be able to do is be pigeonholed into like, oh, this is a Democrat who's clearly a socialist. It's like right. it's Joe Biden. What are you talking about? <laughs> you don't want them to be able to pigeonhole you. So I think that's part of it, too, that he wanted to zig and, and zag sure. instead of letting people define him. Anyway, so we talked about him back in May. And I haven't thought about him in a while, though he did stand out to me as one of the only elected Republican atheists in the country yeah. uh, at any position. So he was in the news this week. Guess why? Tell me why. Let me read you the press release from the FBI. 
I'm so oh, the FBI. Uh huh. FBI agents arrested Cincinnati City Councilman Jeff Pastor early Tuesday for leading what authorities describe as a brazen bribery scheme involving payoffs for help with city development projects. Oh, federal, no. uh, federal prosecutors say Pastor, a Republican who joined the council in January 2018, began soliciting money from developers within months of taking office and, in some instances, accepted bags of cash in return for his vote or other favorable treatment. Bags of cash? Bags. Like a canvas bag with a dollar sign on it? For yes. Scrooge has them in his money bin. That's very um, good. I like that a whole lot. Accused of collecting $55,000 in bribes, he at one point told an undercover agent he should be paid $200,000 for his help and sought a monthly retainer. Well, the FBI also said, if you add up the 10 charges, get 10 counts against him, we uh, have a count of wire fraud, another count of a different kind of wire fraud, three counts of bribery, three counts of attempted extortion by a government official, and one count of money laundering. Dang. He fucked so, up big, huh? I go big or go home, my dude. Uh, as king of atheism, I would like to say, uh, I'm. am I allowed to kick him out of atheism? I don't think I'm allowed to do that. No. But he is a Republican. I'm just going to point that out. Yeah, so. we can definitely other him pretty easily. So I should say another city council member in Cincinnati who is a Democrat was actually uh, also indicted, uh, sorry, charged with bribery for a Uh-oh. totally different thing earlier in the year. Oh, Ohio, what you guys doing over uh-huh. there? Things and by going the way, good? when that other city council member was arrested for bribery, do you know what Jeffrey Pastor said? Oh, please tell me. I'm so excited. Let me quote. Okay. I honestly believe no one is conducting this kind of behavior at City Hall. I can definitely say this is not the case with me. I am going to continue to work to restore trust and faith back. Oh, I'm going to restore trust and faith back in city government. That was his quotation earlier in the year. Like, deny? Wait, oh, sorry. Can you give me a time Yeah, they literally the- asked this guy, hey, your colleague just got arrested for bribery. What do you have to say? I can definitely say, I, sir, do not do the bribery. This is as he's doing the bribery, allegedly. Oh, so the Democrat got, got indicted first or got arrested yeah, first? Or correct. Oh, for that's delicious. Team. And now months later, they got him. And it's all local politics, man. Oh, my God. <laughs> So goodbye. The like, I think that just knocked out thirty three percent of Republican atheists in the country. <laughs> See By the way, twenty twenty two. He has not resigned, and I should say he's accused, but he has not been like convicted. So he he says he's not resigning. He hasn't officially proclaimed that yet. But well, that's pretty great. <laughs> let's let's talk about Biden because there are a number of people who, ref- I mean, besides Trump, there's a number of Republicans who refuse to accept the results of the election. Yeah. Uh, this one was a kind of indicative to me. We'll talk about some of the meme-worthy ones that went around, but this is an interesting one. There is a guy named Chris Vallotton who's unknown to the wider world, but he works with Bethel Church in California. This is the school that I've called Christian Hogwarts. They teach you how to be like... <laughs> Supernatural and invoke prophecy. Sure. And this is the one that Sean Foyt, uh, the COVID spreader concert dude, belongs to. 
So there's a pastor there named Chris. He said last December that God was so angry about impeaching Donald Trump. How angry was he? God would ensure Trump receives a second term. It was guaranteed because he said, quote, the Lord wants it. And then Trump lost. I do have to say, I kind of respect people who take big swings like that. And like, <laughs> like, like the, end a, of the world is on October. Right. 11. Like it's a binary thing. This thing and not like, oh, eventually there's going to be a plague or whatever. It's like here in two weeks, here's the thing that I guarantee is going to happen because God told me so. You would think rule one of Christian Hogwarts is when you prophesize, do not give it an expiration date. And make it vague, people. Yeah, Ostradamus <laughs> knew what's up. Um, like, if I were him, I would go back and say, oh, I heard, oop, I heard God wrong again. Sorry, that's on me. There's going to be like, a successor to Trump coming up or something like that. Like I, I, he could still right. wiggle out of this one. Well, so here's what surprised me this week. This guy gets, I think on Instagram and he issues an apology for being wrong about his prophecy. And oh. so let me, let me quote, cause I don't hear this often. Um, I'm skipping around a bit, but he said, I prophesied that he would not be impeached and the fact that he would win another term. And I was completely wrong. I take full responsibility for being wrong. Mm -hmm. He added, there is no excuse for it. I think it doesn't make me a false prophet, but it does actually create a credibility gap. A lot of people trust me, trust my ministry. I want to say I'm very sorry for everyone who put their trust in me. There was this major, major mistake. And I've always believed that when you make a public declaration, that if you get it wrong, you got to make a public apology. That is the gist of what he said. Good for him. Right? So then within a couple of hours of posting that, um, he deleted it. (laughs) So he wasn't that sorry? Uh Uh-huh. He's now backtracking and saying, well, you know, they haven't, there is allegations of fraud. There's a chance. (laughs) so he posted a message on instagram this one is still up that says listen you've all some of you have asked me why i took down my video and the answer is i'm gonna quote wait until the official vote count is complete if i'm still wrong then he says i will repost the apology video okay Like, That's fine. Like, come on. What are you doing? The flip-flopping. And no one would have noticed almost had you just <laughs> delivered the apology. I'm, and we got lucky. The only reason I know he even made that video is because someone captured it and posted it on Twitter. Nice. <laughs> But yeah, that's uh, just one example of these people going crazy. Do you think he'll record a new apology or do you think he'll just repost the same one? Like how many I mean, apologies do you video. get from this dude? Yeah. I want many. I want many. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about mm-hmm. Kenneth Copeland. Kenneth Who's that? Copeland. Kenneth Copeland is the, arguably the wealthiest televangelist in the country. Cool. Me too. And he went viral this week because after he won... Um, I'm going to, I'll read the transcription of a sermon he gave, I believe on Sunday. So this is like 24 hours after Biden was mm-hmm. declared the victor. The media said, what? Ha 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 the so media, weird. The media said Joe Biden's president. Ha 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 ha
eerie. It's really like I felt like I was being sucked into a vortex. It was just the weirdest feeling watching that. Like not only will laughter not change the election results, this is this is how you spread COVID, dude. And he, <laughs> and he should know because he declared the pandemic to be over in March. Oh, in March. He, he said twenty twenty four. Uh huh. He said back in March, uh, God basically poofed the virus out of existence. He said this many times. Mm-hmm. He put up a human shield that looks like me making an X Men symbol. Like he did many things to get rid of the virus. An X Men symbol or Wakanda Forever symbol? Because Wakanda different. Forever is what I meant. Because I don't know what I'm talking about. Uh-huh, uh-huh, yes. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So he did all of that, and yet the virus is still around, and it's kind of hilarious. The one guy who actually gave what I thought was kind of an acceptance of Biden as the next president was Robert Jeffress, of all people, the guy who's on Fox News all the time. Really? And he wrote an article for Fox News where he basically said, basically looks, he said, and I'm quoting, it appears that former Vice President Joe Biden will become the 46th president of the United States on January 20th. He did add caveats like, unless President Trump succeeds in legal challenges, dot, dot, dot. But here's what his point was. Here is our chance to show that Christians are not hypocrites. When Biden becomes president, we should commend him for the things he does right. We should condemn the things he does wrong. Above all, we must pray fervently for our president. If Biden succeeds, we all succeed. May God bless Joe Biden. This was the gist of his article. Again, you think, hey, you know what? You are speaking a little bit of Christianese here, but I get it. Fine. Like, good. You're accepting it. And by the way, I should say, Jeffress said, I think evangelicals will come out even stronger than they did in 2016 in favor of Donald Trump. And And arguably, they were kind of the same. It may be a little lower. It wasn't anything crazy. But I think he gets to save face by saying, you know what? He kept his promise to us and we came out for him, but other people were wishy-washy. They didn't support him. And that's why Trump, he gets to have it always right now. Uh So he can get away with this. But of course, after that article went up, he had to remind his followers he's a mega cultist today and a mega cultist tomorrow and a mega cultist forever. He posted on Twitter, don't believe some false media reports that I have, quote, broken with our great president, real Donald Trump. I support him completely. We do not have a president elect until electoral college votes December 14th. I uh-huh. have stuff on Lou Dobbs. Um, <laughs> so naturally, I'm like, I know you're lying. I There's no way you're just like, we will not have a president elect until December 14th. I know literally that's like technically true, uh-huh. but also the electoral college should be a formality. It always is because we already voted. We know how this plays out. So I went back to look at what this guy posted on election day of 2016 because I'm guarantee he said Trump was president elect. And here's what he posted the morning after the election was called um, the morning after election day. We must pray for our new hashtag president elect Trump. And yes, I would have said that had Hillary Clinton won, but he used president elect Trump the morning after the election in 2016 and now he's like haha we do not have a president December 14th stop calling me a hypocrite I repeat this is the guy who wrote for Fox News this week here's our chance to show that Christians are not hypocrites says individual one well I mean 
they're consistent. You know what I mean? Like they're consistent with their inconsistency. Yeah. If we take nothing away from this, like (laughs) they're monsters. Oh my God. None of these. I mean, I know this is not an original thought by any means, but the problem has never just been Trump. The problem has always been the Republican party. And now we're already starting to see that like, you don't have to do anything this guy says anymore. You can break off with him. He can't do anything to you people. Mm-hmm. And yet all the Republicans are like still pretending to follow along because yeah. they need a base. They need his cult. They need those votes. Yeah, I don't know what like the Marco Rubio at all end game is here. Because the- <sighs> Marco like- Rubio is going to run for president in 2024, which means he needs all of those Trump voters to be on his side. So he has everything to gain by saying, yep, it was fraud. Yep, they stole the election. Yep, I'm still going to do my job because I'm a senator. But you know what's the problem with Marco Rubio? Is many things. Many things. I think he's actually pretty smart. And so he knows what the fuck he's doing. Like, I, I don't. There's a few of them who could category, like, had he, if, if he were a Democrat, like, doesn't change a lot of his policies. But like, if he were a Democrat, he'd be able to do it. Yeah. Like, like you said, he's smart enough to pull it off, but there, and like Nikki Haley is the same way. And some Lindsey yeah. Graham is definitely the same way. Yeah. Like, like, I, I know they know better. Yeah. I'm pretty sure Ted Cruz is a literal idiot. So like he, <laughs> I kind of let off the hook cause he doesn't know. And it's like, I can't get mad at the dog for barking. It's what dogs do. Yeah. I can't get mad at Ted Cruz for sparting off bullshit. It's what Ted Cruz's do. But like yeah. the Marco Rubio's people, of though. the world. He knows what the fuck is up. He knows he's being disingenuous. Tom Cotton is another one where, yeah, like they they totally know what's going on, but they also know they need the stupid base to vote for them. So they'll play dumb because like, and it's kind of like Tom Cotton or like some of these people saying like, oh, those Ivy League people. It's like you went to Harvard Law. Yeah, I know you're part of this. Don't pretend you're like you're not. Remember when Rick Santorum called um, Obama a snob because he wanted people to be able to go to college and get higher education for free? Do you remember that? Or not even for free, just like I not feel like have I, life-ending debt. I needed to erase that one from my head to make room for all the other I just I can, for some reason, it stuck with me because it was like so fucking weird and pathetic. And I can just imagine his stupid face when he goes, what a snob. And just, <laughs> ugh. Isn't, wasn't he on, what was going on? Did you watch CNN on um, election day? I was watching MSNBC. Yeah, I, I'm Cornackied, uh, so I don't. Yeah, I'm, I'm team Cornacki. But apparently um, um, Santorum was saying like, now we all have to be kind to people who voted oh, for yeah. Trump because they're all real sad right now. And I'm like, I'm sorry, yeah. I'm the party of fuck your feelings. Right. And one I of the remember. Madison Cawthorn, the new congressman elect who's 25 from uh, where from Virginia or uh, I forgot, sorry, Arkansas, maybe. But whatever, his first tweet after winning his race and it got called for him was like cry more libs. Something like that. What words did you just say to me? Cry more libs. Oh, yeah, I that was one word, and oh, I, yeah, yeah. I thought you cursed um, me. Cry more lives is his introduction to the national scene. People are fucking. Mo- I've not. Uh, there's nothing new to be said about it, but I'm, I'm constantly so fucking shocked at how like vitriolic they are to their own, like not their base, but their own. Like you're representing people. I you're know. not just That's the weird thing. If 
if people like us, and I'm saying this because it's just us listening to this, if people <laughs> like us were in Congress, we would stop doing all the shit we do and take some goddamn responsibility. Immediately. I would strip the the internet of anything I have said on this podcast. Like, Because now I you say, represent those Republicans and nothing, you take that seriously. Yeah, nothing I'm saying is, everything I'm saying is fine for me. It is not appropriate for me to say that as the representative of whatever, I think I'm in the 10th district of Illinois or whatever, like, that's not appropriate. And yeah, it's... You remember Danica Rome, the state senator in maybe Virginia, the first trans state senator who got elected yeah. a couple of years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They asked her, she beat a transphobic Republican to get her seat. And they asked her after she won in 2018, I believe, like, do you have anything, you know, you want to say anything to the guy you just beat? And she magnanimously said something like, he's my constituent now, and I'm not going to trash my constituents. I represent him too. She was such a bigger person than I am. (laughs) And Madison Cawthorn is like, cry more libs. Uh, Like, yay. Speaking of, here's a transition. So Samuel Alito, Supreme Court Justice Alito, mm-hmm. yesterday uh, gave a speech virtually to the Federalist Society's uh, National Lawyers Convention. Federalist Society being like the right wing pipeline for all judges. Like Trump doesn't know about judges, but he's like, how do I appoint judges so my base doesn't leave me? And they're mm-hmm. like, just let the Federalist Society do it. They handed him the name Amy Coney Barrett. He's like, all right, whatever. Fine. <laughs> Sounds good to um, me, I guess. Just does what they say. So this is the Federalist Society. Alito and John Roberts are also from that system as well. So anyway, Alito speaks yesterday. And if you remember anything about the Amy Coney Barrett hearings, they're like, what do you think about topic X? And her answer, as they all do, is like, yeah, I don't know. I've never thought about this before. I have no opinions on this because I may have to weigh in on this one day. Well, Alito's on the court. He doesn't need to be confirmed. He doesn't have any rules anymore. So he delivered not like a, here's what he could do, because it's a 6-3 supermajority on the court. He's Uh going to get his way all the time now, you know? So he could very easily just say, listen, the court is totally fair, you guys. Like, you could bring us your cases. We'll treat you fairly under the law. Wink, Mm -hmm. wink. He could totally do that. Instead, he basically gave a rant trashing marriage equality, trashing mm-hmm. uh, laws prohibiting discrimination. Um, he spoke about, uh, in certain corners, religious liberty is fast becoming a disfavored right, as if religious people are the victims mm, in the United totally. States. That's what I've been saying. Yeah, he talked about how the Obama administration waged like an unrelenting attack against this Catholic nuns group because they didn't want to fill out a form that would allow them to not provide health insurance mm-hmm. comprehensive to the people they on their staff. And the Obama people are like, we wish you wouldn't do that. But if you want to do that, just fill out this paperwork and you don't have to like have birth control covered. And they're like, how dare this you make the worst sign a paper? This ever happened to Christians. And they sued over it. It's like, that's the sort of thing that Alito's like, how dare you attack the nuns with paper? Mm-hmm. He also trashed pharmacies for making like Washington state for requiring pharmacies to provide emergency contraception. Cause he said that destroys an embryo after fertilization, mm-hmm. which is not true. Can I, re- yeah, he does not understand how birth control works. Can I read part of his, um, Obergefell 
shit. Oh yeah, what do you say about same sex marriage? Um, so he said, you can't say marriage is the union between one man and one woman. Until very recently, that's what the vast majority of Americans thought. Now it's considered bigotry. That that this would happen after our decision in Obergefell should not have come as a surprise. Yes, the opinion of the court included words meant to calm the fears of those who claim to traditional mar- views on marriage. But I could say, and so did the, the excuse me, but I could say, and so did the other justices in the dissent, where the decision would lead wrote the following. I assume though that those who claim old beliefs will be able to whisper their thoughts in the recesses of their homes. But if they repeat those those of if they repeat those of us in public, they will risk being labeled as bigots and treated as such by governments, employers, and school. That Which is, just- is not a legal problem. He's saying if you're a bigot, people might call you a bigot. Yeah. Which yeah, they will. That's not a legal problem. No one's saying you don't have a right to hold your bigotry. No one's saying you don't have a right to your views. Alito's saying, like, what we might have consequences. Well, here's what's upsetting. His last sentence, one of the of this section, one of the greatest great challenges for the Supreme Court going forward will be to protect freedom of speech. Although that freedom is falling out of favor in some circles, we need to do whatever we can do to, to prevent it from becoming a second-tier constitutional right. It's not. It really all these cancel culture people who really just are worried about the consequences of saying stupid shit. Like I get that like my neighbor's mom who I'm friends with on Facebook or whatever doesn't understand what freedom of speech actually is, but he's a fucking justice of the Supreme Court and nothing he said constitutes a lack of freedom of speech. It's like you said, it's consequences for your actions. He should know he went to Yale. Like he should know better. He chooses not to, right knows yeah he could be better he chooses not to be i tell you a tweet that i saw recently made me laugh a whole lot yeah um somebody said that she moved into a house right after somebody left it because they had graduated from harvard law school so they were leaving the area yeah and they said oh there's no lint trap in the uh the dryer you know the the lint trap and she was like okay whatever and then went to check there was a lint trap. It was oh, just God. buried under like five inches of lint. <laughs> and she's like, this person is a college law school graduate. So let's at Harvard. take it. Yeah. A, a Harvard law school graduate. Let's all take that into account. Like just because <laughs> you got your fancy certificate does not mean you're necessarily smarter than anybody. In fact, I think we've seen time and time again, the opposite is true. Yeah. Oh, man. I mean, one thing about the Biden-Harris administration, I think it's the first time no one's coming from like an Ivy League school. Yeah, isn't that? I think it's just Biden because Harris... Harris went to Howard. She's HBCU. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Would she go to um, law school? Uh, I do not remember. That is dope that we have an HBCU vice president. That's very exciting stuff. Ew, wouldn't you be so mad if our first Hispanic president was fucking Marco Rubio? (sighs) Well... Amy Coney Barrett's on the court, so now Republicans will be like, see, we nominate women. Um, I just got a push alert on my future oh, no. watch. Joe Biden is the apparent winner in Georgia. <laughs> yeah, uh, Donald is. Trump took North Carolina, which we knew was going to happen. Right. So, so good. Wait to hear from you, Mr. Trump. I mean, that means in January, it numerically, it is possible to win both of those Senate seats. That's all I'm taking away from that. Uh-huh. Like, yeah, Democrats need to turn out and Republicans need to just stay but, home, especially because it's <laughs> yeah, especially because it's a 
runoff. So it's not, you know, less attended. All eyes are getting. Democrats have every reason to get their shit together and get out. And Republicans. Money to Georgia. Just postmark Georgia, Atlanta, Georgia. Yes. Just send a dollar in the envelope. Just say Georgia. And since it's USPS, it'll take a month and a half to get there, but it'll be just in time. Don't denigrate our sacred institutions. I still depend on them. Yes. Oh, boy. I mean, until it gets fixed anyway. Uh, Okay, Arkansas. We got to talk about this. There is a police chief in Arkansas. His name is Lang Holland. Lang Holland. (laughs) The most Arkansas. Yes. So this guy made headlines over the summer because in Arkansas, they had a statewide mask mandate. Republican governor, but they had a statewide mask mandate. And he wrote, he's like, nope, it's killing our economy. It's going to lead to a failed communist state. He wrote a message on the police department's Facebook page officially saying, listen, if you don't wear a mask, we're not going to find you in this part of the community. That's this guy. So what's he doing for us lately? Mm. It turns out he's one of those like crazy right wing dudes who says, I'm going to move. Say him. I know. Don't he, say. he moved to parlor or parlay or however they want to def- uh, the, the Twitter so clone. Parlor. No, they, they want it to be described as like parlay. Cause it's French for, I don't know. Shit. Well, so is actually a cool name for it, but like, this is not the place that you want to do. Like, <laughs> you need some ad campaigns to make sure people are saying that shit right and you ain't got them. I've I heard it said like, oh, there's a lot of alternative names like mine space, stuff like <laughs> that that people are doing. Um, Hick talk, whatever they got. Um, there's a lot. But this guy's on parlay and he writes in his bio, chief of police for a small town in north central Arkansas. Just saying, he's not hiding who he is exactly. Sure, sure. His parlor name is Lang Holland. <laughs> like, he's really not hiding who he is. And here's some of the stuff he has posted on that website in the past several days. Um, every patriotic American should work overtime to totally destroy the Democratic Party. F <laughs> these bastards. Show no mercy to Wait, them. Wait, did he say F he or did fuck. he say fuck? Sorry, I don't know why I said F. He kept on You're going and saying, you? what the fuck is going on? I don't know. They're not. Smash the homes and property. Smash their pathetic lives. Run them out of the country. Here's another. I don't. It's not a tweet. It's here's another parlay. Um, do not forget what these Marxist Democrat bastards have tried to do. When you see one in public, get in their face and do not give them any peace. Throw water on them at restaurants. Push them off sidewalks. Never in let them In your face, forget. Democrats aren't going to restaurants right now, idiot. <laughs> we don't have friends to meet. So what um, I'm hearing is- Oh, wait, I'm not done. Oh, oh, another more. one. Oh, another one. Death to all Marxist Democrats. Take no prisoners, leave no survivors. Okay, I'm done now. Is this man going to murder me personally? Uh huh. And by the way, in case you're wondering, is this a fake account? On the Marshall, Arkansas Police Department Facebook page, he wrote earlier in the summer after the face mask problem. Mm-hmm. Um, this is for all you low IQ Marxists who have been calling me and cursing out the law. Something, mm. something that's not important. Like it's totally him, is my point. Um, 
So I wonder where he got the low IQ term from. I've never heard that one before. <laughs> so I am hearing, and, and 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 correct me if I'm wrong, Hammond, of course, as you love to do. Um, yeah. Is this a um, an officer of the law threatening? Chief. Okay, a chief of the the head of the police, chief of police yep. is threatening an entire community of people. Yes, that's mm-hmm. correct. And what has the response? Then, well, after he posted all this on Parlay and there were screenshots everywhere, and it, again, he's not hiding behind some anonymous identity or any, no pseudonyms or anything. This week, the mayor said Holland has resigned and is no longer employed with the oh city. My. I should say, not fired. Uh-huh. He resigned, maybe because he saw the writing on the wall. I don't know. But if you have a problem with like, police this guy is a perfect example of it because it's like how many bad apples does it take before people like this are not on police squads much less the chief of police why does he have access to guns yeah this like what the hell that man is literally threatening and it's it's interesting because i wonder if that's a reaction what he said was a reaction to when people are like oh i'm gonna approach mitch mcconnell if i see him going out to dinner like that when sarah huggery sanders but there's a huge difference between a elected official who is pushing for harmful shit. Like, yeah, by all means, approach them. Don't let them have peace. But like, I'm just an idiot trying to buy broccoli. Please don't throw water at me. I'll melt. And what what surprises me is if on parlor he's saying who he is, like he's not trying to hide it. Right. That means... At the police department, he probably didn't try to hide it either because guys like this are not afraid of sharing their opinions. Sure. Which means how many other cops totally knew how messed up he was and did nothing about it? A, C, A, B. All cops are bad. Like, it's just, of course. Like, you're not, if they're trying to save the reputation of police, they're not helping. This ain't it, kids. Like, of course, of course, he was saying this around the station, and everybody either agree, either agrees with him or didn't dare refute him because he's their boss or left. Which is why, like, when we say all cops are bastards, it is mostly because, like, if they see something like this and try to do anything, they're either going to get fired or they're going to quit. So if they're still there, they're holding up that system. So good job, cops, as usual. Yeah. This here, I got a story that'll make you happy. Oh, there is a lawsuit against Donald Trump that no one's talking about because it's more or less a frivolous lawsuit, but it made me laugh like crazy. This is a Christian. Her name is Megan Kelly, spelled differently from the former Fox News lady. Uh Uh, Her name is Megan Kelly. She is suing Trump because she says he deceived Christians into thinking he was one of them. And she knows he's not really Christian because his actions are very unchristian. Mm-hmm. But because he lied about being a Christian, she he got a lot of other evangelicals to follow him and basically uh like stand up for all the stuff he was doing and defend all the things he was doing, I'm- which means Donald Trump led those Christians to sin. It's like, oh, locking up kids in cages, separating families at the border. All those evangelicals are like, yeah, we're fine with it. Well, now Trump is making them sin. And because they sinned, 
they're going to spend eternity in hell. And because they're going to hell, she will not be able to love them for eternity. And she's suing Trump for hurting, stopping her from, and I'm quoting from the lawsuit, being able to share a fuller type of love with the people Trump misleads to hell who will cease to exist because they're not going to heaven. Wow. Okay. I am not a lawyer, not to surprise you, um, but what jurisdiction does this fall under? Is this um, like... I mean, she's saying I have standing because I have been harmed directly by Trump because he has led the people I love to hell. Okay, I feel like that's going to be trick, tricky to prove is my... That's just like off the top of the dome. That's like my first... Like, yeah. is there going to be any evidence in this case, I guess, is what I'm wondering. Is she looking to sell out of court, or is she trying to go to trial? I mean, she sued him. The judge, I should say, in the case, uh, who wasn't even, like, a district judge. It was... what I want to get the name right. This was the master in chancery, which I, I, I'm not going to pretend to know what that is. It's not like the district court judge, though. But someone who works in a legal department basically said to her, um, I'm trying to make sure I get this correct. The judge basically said, look, it's clear that Kelly has strong religious beliefs and is sincere in her convictions. She lacks standing to bring this action because she has not alleged a personal, concrete, and particularized harm or damages. (laughs) Meaning like, you can't prove to me those people are in hell. And has not shown that a decision in her favor is likely to remedy the harm. It, it brings to mind um, a quote from uh, Justin, I think Levitt it is, who I don't know exactly. Uh, he is a former DOJ, former national. Anyway, he said um, this was in regard to Trump's lawsuits against Biden. Um, and I think it applies here too. a lawsuit without provable facts showing a statutory or constitutional violation is just a tweet with a filing fee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I don't say this often, but Trump's on the right side of a lawsuit here. Yeah, that's weird. He's uncomfortable with that. I, I'm pretty sure he has other things on his mind. I don't know. <laughs> Nobody's heard from him for a week. What do you mean? I know. It's been awesome. Mind? Apparently, he's not been showing up to work. He hasn't gotten briefed since I mean, after four years, why start now? Yeah, that's fair. I have I have a disturbing story I want to share because I feel like we got to talk about this because of how disturbing it is. Okay. Uh, it's a story the Utah Supreme Court heard this week. But it involves a situation that's been going on for a while now. Here's the backstory. Um, I'm going to just all the trigger warnings right now because there's a lot of horrific stuff here. But basically, a decade ago, there was a girl who was 15. She said a member of her Jehovah's Witness congregation had raped her. That's what she alleged. Um, I don't know if she filed a lawsuit or told the cops about it or anything, but she was certainly concerned and she made it known what he did to her. And the Jehovah's Witness leaders, I don't know what they did with the guy. The guy is not part of this story. Mm -hmm. The thing is, she went to the Jehovah's Witness elders of her congregation and they made her listen to an audio recording of that incident that I guess the man had provided to them. Totally messed up beyond belief. 
He, I, Wait, according so to her, I get this right. The man raped her multiple times. She said multiple times and re- yep. recorded audio recorded, of it. At least once he recorded it, and then for unknown reasons, I don't know whether he, I don't know, felt guilty. I don't know, but he provided a copy of the recording. Oh, I bet he thought it would exonerate him. I don't know um, how, but that would maybe. be my guess. Uh, provided it to the congregation's leadership. I, I guess the idea, if you're right there with that theory, the idea is this was consensual. It mm. was not rape. She was 15, I repeat. Um, but yes, he provided this audio to them. So, And they made her listen to it. Now, here's why this is going to the Utah Supreme Court. The girl, who is now an adult, um, she basically says... Uh, the congregation didn't do what they were supposed to do with this, but also they traumatized me. Sure. They inflicted this psychological torture on me by making me listen to this. And she wants the secular courts to punish them for basically torturing her psychologically. And in lower courts, they've basically said, look, if this happened in, let's say a public school, we would have no problem like proceeding with this case and, mm-hmm. and taking it seriously. But because it happened in a religious institution, and according to the elders, this was part of their religious, how we deal with this shit in the Jehovah's Witnesses. The question is, does the secular court system have any say in what you do in a religious setting for religious reasons? Because this is, if this happened it's not theoretically a crime to them. Like just playing this thing and making you traumatized by it may not fall under a crime, certainly not under First Amendment. Uh, It didn't violate anyone's First Amendment rights. I'm not getting the law right. I'm sorry about that. But basically they're saying if it took place in a secular setting, we'd have no problem dealing with this case because it happened in a religious setting for religious reasons. We're not sure we have any jurisdiction over this. Hmm. Now, what the lawyers are saying, it's that, look, if you're allowing the Jehovah's Witness leaders to get away with this, that is a slippery slope that would give other people acting on their religious freedom free reign to injure other people. Like, where does it stop? Sure. How much can you hurt people and just say, well, we're doing it for religious reasons, so you can't punish us for it? I mean, it's kind of under the same umbrella of, like, I don't treat my kid with medicine because I don't believe in it. And if they, yeah, and in some state, but now some state laws say you're allowed to do that for religious reasons. Like if you didn't, if your child died because of religious reasons, you decided not to give the child medicine. There are a couple states where that is an acceptable exemption from homicide law. Sure. Do you um? Do you think it is because this is? psychological damage and not physical damage. Cause I'm wondering if the same thing happened, if she said, um, I not only got physically beat up by somebody, I got punched in the face a bunch. And then they, and then the guy who did it recorded it. And then well, so that would be a again. crime in general, right? Like now you're physically hurting someone. That would be a crime. But Maybe they could rape do that. Is a crime still. Well, but the rape, the rape isn't what's being adjudicated here. That's a separate issue. This is just the playing the audio of it and making her listen to it. And their defense, I should say, the the Jehovah's Witness defense here is that she could have chosen to walk out at any time. We didn't make her listen to this. She listened to it. But again, she was 15. They were powerful people in her mind. 
So like, yeah, I don't buy that. I, I think that's absolute bullshit. I, I guess I'm very, okay. I'm trying to like put it into some, cause I don't understand why it being a religious group makes any difference. Cause if I'm in my home and I make somebody watch something horrible, that's, that traumatizes them. That may not be a crime. But child abuse is a crime. Like we don't, I don't understand why saying they made me, A, I went through this, you know, I went through the rape and they, like, we know, we as human beings understand that like harm is not just physical, it's mental. That's why like fucking torture works because if you blast, you know, the lawyer at somebody all night, they're not going to like be physically hurt, but their brain is going to be fucked up. Like we know that harm isn't just physical. So, like, what the fuck are they talking right. about? Like, if now, I now the lawyer me- for the church said, "Look, we would draw the line at physical harm." Sure, oh, you can punish oh, that. Not so I should say one of the justices on the Utah Supreme Court said during oral arguments, "This allegation is a mental and emotional equivalent of waterboarding." Yeah, like this was torture. What yeah. are you doing? Um, like I'm trying to think of like the Nexium thing that just that just came down, which we really haven't talked about a lot because it's it's culty, but it's not really a religious cult yeah. as much. But he got brought up on a bunch of charges, even though like the women who he like manipulated into sex or into sex trafficking technically could have left as well. But we, you know, the judge was like, "Yeah, you still sh- super shouldn't do that, though." I want to make this clear as I'm looking through the article. Both sides agree that the psychological torture that we are talking about here uh, it, under Utah law, that is not a crime. Well then fuck Utah law. That's all I have to right. say. Fuck but, you, so Utah. The question fuck is Utah. Whether the psychological distress, um, can they, can the church be held liable for that emotional distress? And should the secular courts tell the religious institution you have crossed a line because they also don't want to do any quote unquote excessive entanglement. Can I go ahead and put some, put something on the table? Um, If you are like, yeah, a 15 year old totally got raped under our watch and we knew about it. Shut them the fuck down because they are endangering children. How about that? How about that? I I I like it. I do like it. That's Um, what they should do. But yes, I brought a thing. Yeah. Um, do you remember Irvin, 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 Irvin Baxter? Irvin Baxter is an he's end from, times preacher. Uh, he's from Plano, Texas. Um, and he is one of the many people I'm having technical. Di- there we go. He's one of the many people who found some cool, uh, reasons for COVID happening. He yeah. said, this is that- in March. I think he was saying this. Yeah, he said that it was, what, because of women getting married when they weren't virgins. Mm-hmm. Um, gay marriage, I believe, was in there. I'm having computer problems. so I Yeah, he said it. in March, he said in March that he was basically saying COVID is happening because God is punishing us for sin, which is not new. But he got specific and said only like 5% 5% of new brides brides in America are now virgins. (laughs) Yeah. Which means the rest of them are not that information. Um, his ass. And he said, that means 95% of women who are getting married have already had sex. And so he was saying, God hates that. And that's why COVID is a thing. No fornicator, nor no adulterer, nor effeminate, nor abuser of themselves with mankind, no extortioner, nor drunkard. None of these shall inherit the kingdom of God. Um, I'm kind of really want to dive into this 5% of new brides. 
um, in America are virgins because I am a married person myself and I have officiated thrice. Yes. Never have I had to sign paperwork to verify whether or not myself or the bride or I guess the groom if we're going there. Um, he actually said during that thing, I hope this research is not correct, but I did get it straight from the encyclopedia. <laughs> what if I <laughs> if I became a pastor through whatever thing I did and they sent me like, I have a little card, I have a little pin, I have some like, little notebooks and it's like, here's a speculum so you can check on see if they're virgins or not. <laughs> it's all with it. You signed up in 35 seconds and paid $25 and now you can you know, verify somebody, you know, check in somebody's hymen. Just do it. It's just yeah. good stuff. I, I'm i sure they can do surveys where they ask if you were a virgin when you got married, but I don't know this particular survey. But he and basically said, because single people were having sex, mm. that is why God sent COVID. So what happened with this guy? Oh, I forgot about that part. There's more to it. Uh, he's dead. He died of COVID. Oh, surprise. Surprise. I don't know. Yeah. I... Like I, I guess all the fornicators win. Yeah, I don't know. I I, I guess he didn't ne- necessarily, like, at least he admitted COVID was real, I <laughs> yeah, guess. Yeah, he's a step up. So I got that's something, but yeah. I got one final story for you here. This was something the Supreme Court this week said they're not going to listen. They're not going to take up a particular case. It didn't get any real media attention because there's bigger fish to fry, sure. but Every uh, whenever the court is in session, they released a long list because they get a gazillion requests to take up our case and they might take up like two or three of them. And then what do they do with the other gazillion? They just say, here's a list of all the cases that we we thought about, but we're not going to do it. We couldn't find four judges who said we want to hear it. So one of those cases this week was one I had been tracking for a while. And basically the story here uh, is that a woman named Olga, she is from France. She is a U.S. Uh, she is from France, but she lived in Massachusetts since the year 2000. And now she wants to become an official U.S. citizen, which mm-hmm. she has done everything she needs to do. The application has been accepted. All she has to do is take the citizenship oath, like go through that formal process at the very end, right? Uh-huh. Um, but the oath for citizenship in the U.S. ends with the word, so help me God. And she said, I'm an atheist. I can't say that. And the government basically told her, you have two options. You can just say the oath, but stay silent when you get to that part. We're cool with that. Mm -hmm. Or you could take a modified version of the oath that doesn't have the religious phrase at all. And her response. (laughs) Yeah. She said, no, neither of those is okay because the first one still has you doing, so help me God, even if I'm not the one saying it, and isn't that a problem? And the second one where I get a modified version of the oath is like a separate but equal approach because everyone else is taking the religious one and I'm not. Like, I know you're offering me ways to become a citizen and it doesn't matter that no one thinks this is like a big deal, but ultimately the issue here is that the default oath is a religious oath and that shouldn't be happening. And as someone who is fighting for citizenship, like she has standing to, she's saying she has standing to bring up this issue. And so basically every court that has heard this has said, no, they're giving you alternatives. They've said it's ceremonial. It's not really promoting religion. It's just tradition. All those dumb reasons that we religious people are allowed to get away with religious stuff in our country. And so um, this week, the Supreme Court 
had the option to take up that case and they decided not to. Um, They don't give a reason for it. They just say we're not taking it up. And so I don't know what she's going to do. I don't know if she's just going to do the alternative and become a citizen that way. But basically that legal fight, which has taken several years, um, is over. And I think it's worth pointing out, this means the earlier rulings stand. But they asked, like, is this a violation of the Establishment Clause? And the judge said, no, it's ceremonial. It's tradition. It's a well-established tradition. Was the government forcing her to violate her religious beliefs, her atheism? And they said, no, because she has alternatives. Mm -hmm. And was the religious message a burden on her religious beliefs? And they basically said, no, give it a break. They're not imposing anything to make her violate her atheism. And the judge actually said this. Not every minor imposition rises to the level of a substantial burden. And so I kind of understand what they're saying. Like, if it were me, it's like, all right, just get over it and say it. But she also has a point. Like, here's the thing is, I believe she's right. I do. I'm on your team. Like, yeah, I get why the judges are like, no, 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 no. We have like real shit going on, which I I get it. And I understand all the implications. It's the same thing as like having a, um, uh, what's the Jesus thing with the Joseph um, the nativity scene. The nativity scene. I could not yeah. come up with that one. His name is Jesus. <laughs> um, the it, it's like the thing about having a nativity scene on public property or whatever. Like it in and of itself might not be that big a deal, but then it is used in standing time and time again. Right. That's what we've always done this. So I completely understand that. I just right now, like on, <laughs> on the building's no- on fire, so you're. Yeah, that's kind of where I am. And I would not go so far to say it's frivolous. I don't think it is. And again, I think it's honestly, it's like the same thing as getting in God we trust off the dollar bill or whatever. Like same arguments they use. Yeah. I believe that should happen. I just don't think that this is what like we, this is not where our time, energy and money should be going. I I should point out uh, Olga's lawyer to the Supreme Court who brought this case to them is Michael Newdow, the guy who tried to get under God out of the pledge and made it to the Supreme Court. He has tried to get in God we trust off the money. He's been unsuccessful getting anyone to uh, accept his case or uh, they've taken his case, but they've ruled against him at the appellate level a lot of places over the country. Mm -hmm. But this is a guy who has a history of fighting these in God we trust challenges. And basically he needs someone to bite, someone to say, yep, you're right so that he can go to the Supreme Court because at that point they have to take it up or else the earlier ruling stands. And so far he hasn't gotten any uh, luck at the lower courts. So again, it's one of those, like, like you said, I agree with her. It Mm -hmm. no, no, if Christians had to say an oath that said God doesn't exist as the default, they would be throwing a hissy fit, but because it's been happening for so long, sure. like the default idea that we just all have to say we believe in God, mm-hmm. we, they get away with it. And here's an op- here's an option for someone saying, well, I want to fight back. And they're like, get out of here. Yeah, I guess to me, this is very much like trying to attack some branches of a tree when really we need to figure out what's going on with the roots. Yeah. If that metaphor yeah. works, like, yeah, it's, absolutely. We're not, not going to address that with this government anytime soon. Uh, yeah, like, it, it's not that I disagree with those things. By all means, I agree with them. But, like, I'm not sure what overall, like, obviously a win on this would be great. But overall, like, how is this improving lives for atheists and Americans? I don't know I should, that it does. 
I should point out, I think Newdow brought this case up when Kennedy was the swing justice. So we thought maybe, maybe I can do this. And obviously, since then, there are two more conservatives taking the place of Kennedy and Ginsburg. Mm -hmm. So it's like, well, you definitely weren't going to get anywhere with it now. Right. But that's partly out of his control. But he chose to bring this case and it didn't work. So he didn't really have a choice. The earlier court said, you're wrong. So your options are take it or keep fighting. And since it's Newdow and he is his own lawyer, he's like, all right, well, I'll fight this myself. I have to pay me. So it's fine. And I respect that. Absolutely. I'm glad he's I'm glad he's doing the work because somebody needs to do all of the work. It's just not where I want to like apply my my effort right this second. Um, Anything else? Where do we find you? Um, You can find me on Twitter at Blueberry, B-L-U-E-B-U-R-I-E. Um, I just checked. We haven't had a new review on iTunes for a little bit, so I have nothing to read. Get on that. Yeah, you can go on iTunes, rate, review us. Hey, share it with a friend. Who knows? Yes. Uh, where can we find you, bud? I am at Hemant Meta on Twitter. Go to patreon.com slash friendly atheist podcast or friendly atheist.com for the articles. And Um, we will talk to you next week then. Bye. Bye.